No one will be admitted after the guests check in. Spiritually? Spiritually. Physically? Sexually. Sexually. Physically. She's like electric <coughs> putty in my hands. What? what does that even mean? Like what is electric putty? Burn, burns to the touch, but also goofy. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Gross. Imagine if you got in the shower and then all the water electrocuted you. You can tell I turned 30 because I danced for like 30 seconds. I'm really out of breath right now. Yeah, because that was different at 29. <laughs> Maybe I'm just having a panic attack. I don't know. Ask you how your party was. Uh, my party was good. Uh, would have been better if your beautiful face was there. So in other words, it sucked because you weren't there. And then Frank left early because he hates me. That's it. You figured out the raisin. <laughs> the raisin? What? You gonna hit me? <laughs> Break your fucking head. Shoot her! She said raisin. It was his last straw, man. He just hurled it at her head. You know how foolish you are 90% of the time to be distracting the shit out of you. The ever-loving piss. What would you do if the episode that Dick Fetty goes off on you and, and hits you in mm-hmm. the face with an ashtray mm-hmm. is the one yeah, that gets like the most listens? Would you just take it? Every no, week, just I'd let break him up you. with Frank and I quit the podcast. Okay, that's what they all say before they're famous, and then they'll take anything. Like no, oh. bad taste. Edit out. <laughs> bad Radio taste. Edits. Oh, now he would lay a finger on me. That's true. I'm Maybe two or four. Yeah. Have you seen these hands? Every action movie where the hero grabs the guy. Oh, by the wrist. Yeah. Oh no, I was thinking more like when the person goes to fall and like one person one hand pulls them back over the roof like at the end of Blade Runner. She's the Rutger Hauer. I am. And I'm Harrison Ford. <laughs> I'm an alcoholic. Yes, yes. I yeah. Also kill. Yeah. Pleasure. So yeah, he wouldn't do it. What I would do to him. What would you do to him? Rip his dick clean off. She would not. She would be broken hearted. She would leave. And then I would win her back. No, that's the cycle of violence. One fist, two fists, three no. fists, <laughs> broke your nose. No, that's literally the cycle of violence. Yeah, that's I know. Uh, I think I do enough there. law work to know a little bit about beating your wife. Okay. Because that's what I do. Anyways, let's get this show on the road. You guys are going to make such a happy family one day. Yeah, we are. Tell me your No. Okay. <laughs> well, here we are. Part two of our first two-part episode. Am I right? Maybe, yes. Motel Hell, by the way. That's what you're listening to. That's what you signed on for. Buckle up for a wild ride. Like, um, like a log flume. Or... <laughs> That's the opposite of A roller coaster. What kind of roller coaster? Uh, no, not wooden. Loop to loop. Loop loop. Wooden gets Three legs? Big. No, but old fashioned. Over the, over the chest. You mean like a restraint? Like yes. all roller coasters yes. have? Yes, 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 yes. 
you know Clementine Lake Park, that roller coaster there went off the track two times and it's still running. Clementine awesome. Lake Let's go. Or is it just Clementine Park? Clementine Lake Park. I think it's just Clementine Park. No, it's Clementine Lake Park. I literally drove by there. Yeah. I used to spend my summers there, so. So did I. Yeah. Maybe we ran into each other. Clementine Lake Park. Fun fact, me and my friend Nick went there when we were 17. We were super high. We went on the inverter and I was 110% sure we were going to die. And we left it as soon as we got off the ride. I was like, I can't be here anymore. I was like, sure, we were going fine. to die. So you were wrong, though. I was wrong. I was wrong. But at the time. Flex Lux of born wrong. was <laughs> wrong. Certainly die wrong. Just text 249 to our hotline. 2249. To tell me if I should kill myself tonight, tonight <laughs> or not. Not you just want to put a Y or an N. Yeah. <laughs> So we're doing part two of the Ant Hill Kids. Um, this is really fucked up shit. Last last week we didn't get so much into the fucked upness, but there was some fucked upness. Yeah, this week it's it's gonna be a dark city. I want to uh, thank Ben up top. You guys should introduce yourselves. My name is Ben the Beardo. Uh huh. And then we have Dick Fetty. Dick Fetty, right? Which isn't one word. There's a space. Took me how many episodes to figure that out? Too many. Okay. <laughs> well, thank Ben Beardo up top for doing all the research and letting us just hang Thanks, back ben. and hear the story. Yeah, this is we appreciate that harrowing shit. Yeah, you came in looking real distressed today, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Like you've just been reading some intense shit for yeah, hours. There's some stuff I'm not gonna get like too detail oriented in because it's like real gross, but um, fully torqued. Well, let's start with the uh, the movie review. Alright, well, uh, tonight we watched one of my personal favorites in modern horror. Yeah, I it also follows. love this movie. It follows... It's from what, 2014? Yes. Yeah, so, I saw it in theaters. I almost stabbed a guy afterwards, because he talked during the movie and we had words. And, uh, I couldn't see his face during the film, but I was pretty sure I was gonna have to get my knife out of my car and stab him to death in the parking lot. And then afterwards, it turned out he was an old old man, hard of hearing, and he was trying to talk to his wife, which infuriated me just the same, but I didn't stab him. So I have fond memories connected with this one, and uh, this is like the third time I've seen it. It is a good movie. It's a great movie. It is a fantastic film. Yeah. I really like the dreamy quality of it. Mm -hmm. I like that she's on a device all the time, Yara, that doesn't exist in like the real world. I like how they're always watching shit on TV that doesn't line up with the time period. I like that we never see the parents' faces, really, except in pictures briefly. It's like really dreamy. Yeah. Well, the whole uh, movie is directed by David Robert Mitchell, and the movie, the idea of the movie is actually based on a recurring nightmare he used to have. Really? Where someone was just walking towards him. Mm. And then, you know, it was based on some other things that happened in the director's life. So is that, like, opposite of separation anxiety? I guess. I don't know. Closeness anxiety? Yeah, bro, bro anxiety. <sighs> no. Anyway. That's not it. 2249, if Fletcher <laughs> <laughs> Y or an N? Or maybe just a meba. <laughs> question mark, question mark. But yeah, I, um... When I saw this movie, I saw this movie uh, in theaters. It was me, my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, and a friend of ours, and we were the only people in the theater, which added to the extra spook factor. 
And um, so when the ushers started walk, walking up at the end, you were like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> well, the one girl we were with was a virgin, so she was safe. Well, she she <laughs> she she quote unquote loves horror movies, but every time we'd watch one, she's she's that girl who could not handle watching a horror movie. So uh, she'd be like, screams. "I don't like it. I don't like it. Oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! I don't like it! I don't like it!" So that only added to my stress level, and there was like a, I guess a water, an air purifier in the corner. So we're sitting down waiting for the movie to start, so and she says to me, "Basement, you broke into their house." No, no, this was this was at the Ritz. Uh, the car, Carmike. The Carmike. on the Ritz. That's where I saw it too. Yeah, it's a good movie, and um, the music is fantastic. Unfortunately, yeah, disaster piece. I think is the uh, artist. Yes, same guy who did the music for the video game Fez. Yeah. Fun fact. Hmm. Um. Anyway, so I, I fell in love with this movie, and I became internet obsessed with it, trying to search for t-shirts and things of the like, and I found out that there were some contests where you could win a t-shirt that had a poster design that was nixed from actually being used in theaters, and Dick Fetty, being the sweet man he is, uh, surprised me with it, and now it hangs over my television in my living room, and I stare at it longingly, waiting for his touch every day. Mm. That's Accurate. Sweet. Yeah, it's a cool poster. And it's a great movie. I mean, the cinematography's awesome. The dialogue's believable. The the women are cute. And there's Johnny the Denim King, so... I, I think that's what I liked most about it, is that it just felt like you were watching... Real people. Real people. Yeah. Like, it seems like a real life in a real, like, shitty suburb suburban neighborhood with, like, real kids, teenagers. Like, I like that so much. It feels like those are the kids I hung out with when I was growing up. Kids you still hang out with. Yeah. Kids we still hang out with. Yeah. Taking a walk around the neighborhood to smoke a cigarette yeah. so your parents wouldn't see you. Yeah. Did that. Drinking on the porch. Yeah, and there's all these, like, little subplot points that weren't necessarily necessary, but were kind of snuck in there. <laughs> if you look for them, they're there, which I thought was really well done. The director had never done a horror movie prior to this. I believe it's the last movie he did before this was a coming-of-age story, which didn't do so well. Um, and then this movie, after it came out, made ten times what it was supposed it was to, supposed to yeah. what was spent on it. So they definitely made quite a bit of money off of it. And the movie itself is just beautiful. Yeah. Seriously, seriously good. And, yeah. Uh, so if you haven't seen it, watch it. It's really don't. It's one of those movies you don't want to say too much about. You kind of yeah. just have to go in. I mean, I I read a little bit about it beforehand. And it was fun, like, the setting, I don't want to spoil for those who haven't seen, but I guessed it, like, 20 minutes <laughs> in. Or it was when they get to the, the guy's house, the spooky house. Yeah. I was like, there's only one place in America that looks this horrible, and it would have to be in the mid... Well, anyway, so, I was pretty pleased with myself when it turned out to be true. Mm. But, uh... We can kind of say the... the no? No, let's not even get into the plot, because it's one of those movies... Just know that it's a beautiful movie, not just because it's a horror movie. I, I believe we mentioned this on one of our other episodes, but this is just a good movie yeah. to begin with. No, nothing to do with horror. It's, it's a good movie. Yeah. But it is also scary. It'll make you jump. Yeah. It'll make you unnerved. It's a good Yeah, okay. Very cool. Do you um, have anything for the disco box, Dick Fetty? I've always got something for the disco box. So my, uh, my pick this week... Um, would be probably my favorite album of the year, which is High Functioning Flesh's Culture Cut, which came out on Deus Records in uh, 
happens. The summer of this year, I want to say like June, May, June, something like that. And um, my buddy introduced me to this band, Jack, if she's listening. And uh, they are like pseudo EBM, electro punk. Like there's a bunch of different names for the genre. They started as more of like a strict EBM band, but they quickly developed into this kind of like very, what to my mind, having never been in LA, is a very LA sounding sound. And um, it's not like harsh, it's really kind of melodic, but it's really funky and it just has this very like unique aesthetic and sound. Uh, and they're very Cronenberg influenced and generally like body horror, Tetsuo, that kind of stuff from the 80s. So it's sort of like what you would imagine cool cyberpunk dudes from uh, Shadowrun or uh, Ghost in the Shell or Appleseed would listen to when they go do cool stuff and like do like future drugs and things like that. <laughs> and um, yeah, I really like all of their albums. I have everything they've done except for their demo. I don't have a physical copy of that. But Culture Cut is, is it's really different and it's really exceptional. But it's one of those albums that has, to me at least, a humongously standout track, which is Drawn Out, which is the first song on the B-side. And the whole album is good, but that one song alone is, like, worth the price of the album, for my taste. So if you haven't heard of them and have any interest in anything like Skinny Puppy, Frontline Assembly, Nitzer Ebb, Body, uh, what is it, Portion Control, Sewn Leather is another touchstone, I'd say, for them, Cabaret Voltaire, that type of stuff. They're very much of, I'd say more than anything, they sound like Cabaret Voltaire, but they're, they're like uh, a little less whimsical. But huge recommendation, probably my album of the year, along with a couple others that maybe I'll do next time. But uh, yeah, that's my disco box recommendation for the week. I think eventually we should get you an actual box that you put all this information in. Uh-huh. And then we should, at the beginning of every disco box, uh-huh. yeah. we just insert a sound, it just goes, like a, like a, we could just get that sound chest effect. open up, yeah, but like, it'd be so much cooler, well, I could get like a little, one of those index card boxes, but then attach like a metal hinge to it, uh-huh. but like put a bunch of dirt and sand yeah. in there, uh-huh. like really get it rusty, uh-huh. and then just be like, like the Crypt Keeper coming out of his grave, mm-hmm. and then I'll pull out my index card for the week. That'd actually be pretty cool. Yeah, that'd be nice. Uh, why don't like we just that. download the sound effects? Oh, okay. I guess if we wanted to take the easy way out. Because I'm a giant nerd and I want the disco box to be a tangible thing. Yeah, so when we're on right. tour, when we're world famous, they'll right. be like, Dick Fetty, show us the disco box. And it's going to be like velvet on the insides, uh, old and wooden on the outside. Full of dirt. No, there's no dirt in the box. Stained with human blood. Store blood. blood. Yeah. I'll cut myself in nine. Yeah, two two four nine. I'm gonna, Yay nay. I'm gonna text nay, right nay. now. <laughs> Dick Fetty's yeah. putting the first vote. <laughs> no, we've actually got seven votes already. All of them. Oh wow, lies. it's crazy. <laughs> right, this is not live. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Just been handing that number out. Yeah. Uh, do you do you have do you have a? Uh, no, I don't have a public domain yet. I'm sorry, guys. I'm gonna continue to let you down. I'm, I'm, really I'm gonna continue. Well. Just ask me every week, maybe one week I'll have it. Okay, we can keep going with it. All right. So, um, I believe we left off. You want to recap for us who this guy is, what he's about, what's happening? <clears throat> just wrote for row. You get ten seconds. He's one, a terrible two, human being. Three. He started a cult in Canada, and he 
was part of the Adventist group. They kicked him out because he's all crazy-like. And they built their own place in the middle of the woods. And he started pretty much disavowing and uh, not... Let me start over. At this point, he started to ration food to his followers and put them through mental torture only at this point. It really hadn't gotten too violent as of yet. And at this point, he decided that he was going to be called Moses, and him and his wife Giselle would be called Pappy and Mammy. Oh, I love it. And right around this time when all that stuff took place, long story short, uh, his wife found out that he had sex with another woman in the group. She got all upset, which she should have, and tried to run away. Roke grabbed her, choked her out. She got scared, came back to the compound. Oh. And that brings us to Roke, or Moses, or however you want to call him. I'm just going to call him Roke, because I don't think he deserves to be called by whatever name he chooses. Oh. Decided that every marriage that had happened up to this point in the cult was null and void. Okay. And that no one was going to be allowed to be married to their significant others anymore. And then... He married all of the women. <laughs> that's a power move. Yeah, that's a power move. Uh, that is the definition. <laughs> Nobody's allowed to get married except for me. I'm going to marry everybody. <laughs> but I think, you know, that's Colts 101. you got to yeah. break people's families down. you got to mm -hmm. break down their individuality. Mm -hmm. got to let them know that you're part of a harem for God. Yeah, I just, you know, it's... Man, these poor people, I just can't... And, you know, even at this point, me saying, you know, I can't believe they kept following him. It's only going to get worse, and I do want to warn anyone who's listening to this episode, it's going to get increasingly worse and never get better. Yeah. So, buckle Let's up. Do it. Buckle up. Uh, the Jonestown Massacre ended up happening, and Roke started getting obsessed with it, and Doomsday Colts were becoming a real problem in the world. Yeah. And the who families... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say who doesn't love a good Doomsday Colt. I mean... Any of the people part of it, yes, yeah. but... You know your boy does. Yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> You're thirsty, my friend. <laughs> so, all of the families of the followers are really starting to get worried at this point, and, of course, they called the police, and the police wanted to take him into custody, but they had no real reason to. Um, he went under a psychiatric evaluation, and he claimed that he wasn't the leader of the group, that the commune was a democracy... And without any proof that he was dangerous or anything of the like, they just had to release him. So this is really like when the issue with the police and him started and everyone's family's like, yeah, we, we need our families back. But anyone in the cult really doesn't want to be with their families. They want to be with Roke and the other members. Well, it's interesting to me because it seems like this is a really good case for him not being insane. Like, he knows what to say in front of the cops. He's just generally a sadist. Right, and you'll... We'll get into more so how well he manipulates people of authority and how he's able to get out of things that... It's just insanity. Well, it's, it's hard to believe. I mean, I think there's two reasons for that. One is people don't want to believe that terrible stuff is yeah. happening where they are. So... You know, and it's also, anytime you've got religion involved, it makes it a touchier subject, you know? I mean, whether it's Canada or the United States, people want to think that there's a due process, 
and B, that, like, just because you're part of a weird religion, you're not going to be hassled, you know what I mean? It's like that, not even necessarily being politically correct, but that, like, you know, you don't want to be judgmental, even if you're a person of authority, like, not have undue suspicion, etc., etc. Well, this is also Canada, where I'm sure that this type of violence isn't as prevalent as it is Yeah, well, they didn't have as many doomsday cults. True. Yeah, I mean we're nuts here. They know that, but they figure in their own backyard. That and that's my that goes to my first point. Like nobody wants to believe that's happening yeah. in the backyard. Very yeah. true. But we'll get there. So at this point, Roke abandons the Adventist diet, which you know, no nicotine, no alcohol, no meat or anything like that. He starts eating meat. He, Can't blame him there. <laughs> he starts prostituting Gabrielle, one of the followers in the cult to a local grocer for milk, meat, cheese, stuff like that. Hey, man. Woman's got to earn her teeth. And he started drinking after two years sober. Oh, well. Dry drunk. I don't know that I'd call him sober. Yeah, well, I mean, you know. Well, I think it makes a difference, but... So, once he started drinking again, that's really when things really took off and began going towards more of a violent means. And were there kids in the cult at this point? Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, he had children as well at this point. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he's banging left and right. He's got right. nine wives. Yeah. Or at least. So, he do starts... We have, do we have a number on the wives? How many wives he had at this point? This I do have track. it in here somewhere, but it's it's pretty much all the women in the cult. More than Solange, five. Chantel, that's two, three, I love the four... Five. So at least five wives. My guy gets it. Six. Nice. Six wives at this point. Mm. Um, plus, he also married the girl who had multiple sclerosis. Oh, who came in? Did he bang uh, her spine straight? No, oh. he actually didn't sleep with her. Gabrielle Nadu. I don't want some, you know, up there. He didn't. He didn't try to bang her. It, it actually states in my notes that he did not try to have sex with her. Nice. Scripture. So he's, he starts delivering these crazy drunken sermons. And if anyone fell asleep during these sermons, he had this like four inch thick club that he just smack them with. Whoa. Thanks. Oh, oh, it, it gets worse. And why would they fall asleep? Because they've been working all day and they're underfed and malnourished? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Just making sure. So, uh, Maryse Grenier, who's one of the women who was pregnant at the time, mm -hmm. ate two more pancakes than was allocated to her. <laughs> This is, I feel like... There's a lot like... Yeah, I mean, yeah, this is a lot like... When you ate too many of my pancakes. Uh, well, I hope you don't do these things to flex. He punched her in the side and broke two of her ribs. Oh. And she was pregnant. Yes. Oh, my God. And one of his favorite punishments, mind you, they're in the middle of nowhere in Canada. Right. He would force someone to strip naked and stand in the snow for a few hours. Oh. And no no one would fight back against any of this. They just yeah. accepted it. Well, if they already moved out point, to the woods with him, and you said the people that were going to leave left, right? That was at the end of the, the last episode. You said the people that wanted to go, they're gone, and now it's right. like the hardcore Right, it's just these few hardcore yeah. followers at this point. Okay. And mind you, you know, they're, they're not sleeping all that much. Yeah. They're not eating as much as they should be. So their mental capacity to have a willpower and fight yeah. against these things... It just isn't there. Well, it's, it's like, like learned helplessness. When Um Shinrikyo did the same thing, it's like cut down on their food, cut down on their sleep, and slowly 
make them insane. Yeah, I mean, every cult does yeah. that. They want to break people down physically, mentally, emotionally, whatever, and that's how you do it. Yeah, and, uh, you know, um, so at this point, Jacques Fissette left the cult, and Roque pretty much said, he was taken by the devil. Do you say it like that? Yeah. Southern, Southern Baptist? Yeah, well, you know, make it French. I can't do a French accent. Wait, wait, he was thinking by devil. Well, no, oh, that was no, Russian. No, French. I said wee oui, wee. Oui. We'll get there. We'll get my wife in here. She I'm can, not wasting my time with a French accent, but can, I already ranted about that. Yeah, yeah, you did. C'est un le banche. Bench. Funniest word to say in the French accent. Un le du fromage. Yeah, I know that. Take a seat on le banche. <laughs> on the banche. Got La Bosch for you. So at this point, Maurice Grenier uh, d- began speaking about leaving. This is a female. This right? was the pregnant woman who yeah. got punched in the ribs and had her ribs broken. Uh, Roque instructed Jacques Grier, Maurice's husband, to cut off one of her toes with an axe as a punishment. Ooh. At this point, this is like her ex-husband, though, because they've their marriage has been annulled and. Yes, yes. Yeah. yes. I, okay, I'm just... Okay. Yes, technically speaking. So he had to cut off one of her toes. Well, he thought it was a joke and laughed. And then uh, Roke began to taunt him. And this word's in here, so I'm just going to state it as something that this horrible person said. I feel like it's going to be racist. It's not racist. Okay, just by the way you were it's, looking at it's me. Bigoted. Okay. It's bigoted. Okay, okay. What are you, a faggot? Don't you have any balls? If you want to be a man, you have to learn how to teach a woman a lesson. Oh, Jesus. I I thought you liked that part. That's what you were looking at. (laughs) So, then he began to cry, and Roke grabbed an axe and threatened to cut off all of Maurice's toes. So, begrudgingly, Guigriere, I think that's how you say his name, I don't know, he's French Canary, Canadian. Ooh, French Canary, I like that. He's a French Canary. (laughs) (laughs) Did I not mention this is a cult song. of birds? Yeah, it's a bird cult. <laughs> and hill kids, birds, people. <laughs> Come back to me. 2249. Hold on. Yeah, have, have you been on the uh, the subreddit? Uh, it's like bird people or birdmen or something like that. It's like, squaw, I am the you know bird from blah, 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 and I think the human creature should die. Squaw! And everything's in all caps, and it's just all these posts of people that are supposed to be birds talking about like ending the human race, and then they're like against the mudmen, and the mudmen have their own their own <laughs> sub-form. Yeah, we do a whole episode on that. that sounds great. Yeah, I could just do like, I could do like a 10-minute segment, <laughs> greatest, greatest uh, threads. Oh, you know what we should do? One of us should be the mudmen, the other one should be the bird people. Live uh, reading. And then... Flex can be our moderator. So we're having a debate and she's our moderator asking us questions. I like this. I'm on board. Okay. I think that'll be fun. Stay tuned, guys. <laughs> two, two, so, four, nine. Two, two, four, nine. <laughs> Gregor took the axe and actually cut off one of Maurice's small toes. Aww. After that, that'll mess up your balance. After that, he became Rogue's Enforcer. Aww. Which is what you want, right? The guy who, you know, you have to call the F word and make hey, cry before he does what you want. are made. They're not born. Yeah, I guess that's, that's a really good right. point, Frank. you got to break somebody into their role. So, does anyone remember the promised day of yeah, yeah, yeah. the end of the world? 
Yeah. February 17th. Can anyone guess what happened on that day? The world didn't end. The world didn't end. world did not oh, end. Wow. Did That's they give out, like, uh, did, was that the day that uh, the McRib started in my phone? <laughs> yes. Because that is, that is grim tidings. These are facts. We fact-checked them here. Uh-huh. 2249. <laughs> this is also extending to me now. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want Flex and Beardo to kill themselves after this episode? So at this point, Rokes explaining to them, you know, God, he has a totally different conception of 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 time and stuff like that. And I'm just, you know, I'm just like his vessel or whatever, you know? I just, I I listen to him and I'm yeah. like, yeah, he that makes sense. He was on the Ru- Russian Orthodox calendar mm-hmm. and we're on the Gregorian calendar, right. so you can understand why that would get mixed up. That would, that would yeah. get mixed up. Yeah, so... Easter, Easter's on a different day for them. I've mm-hmm. been to that service. After him feeding them all this bullshit... That actually kept them together. <laughs> He's got a point. Well, they don't have a direct line with God, so how, what do they know? Who are they going to question? Yeah. So, one <clears throat> month after this, ten police officers came down in a helicopter on the Eternal Mountain, and they arrested Thoreau for obstruction of justice, and he was ordered by the court to undergo psychological evaluation at Quebec City's hospital. Now, why was he arrested for obstruction of justice? I don't know. It's probably some bullshit charge to get him in. Pretty much. I mean, like they've already been trying to they've get worm their way into the cult, yeah. and they're keeping everyone out pretty well. And even though these horrible things are starting to happen more and more, all of the followers are still completely devoted. Devoted. Yeah. To well, and it's all you know. It's it's like uh, when I did uh, Futoshi or whatever the guy's name was. Yeah, that one was. You know, There's actually like, a few parts in here that remind me a lot of that. Yeah, well, because you constantly tell people they're as culpable as you are. Yeah. Like, they're an accomplice to this. Every day they stay, they know that they're more and more guilty yeah. along with him, you know? Yeah. That was a fucked up story. Yes, yes, it was. Let's not go back into that. Okay. Let's stay with this fucked okay. up story. Okay. So, he actually did get arrested. And he was ordered by the court to get a psychiatric evaluation at Quebec's City Hospital, mm-hmm. which I believe I might have already stated. But um, Giselle actually maintained the cult the whole time while he was gone. And Roke actually integrated himself in with the doctors. He claimed that he had saved these kids from self-destruction and drugs and put them on the right track. And the director of the hospital actually became began referring to him as Moses. Oh, wow. So he was on board. So I can just imagine how charismatic this guy's yeah. actually got to be. Or how dim-witted that doctor was. Yeah. Well, he also publicly stated that, you know, Rope was being mistreated, that they had no reason to have him in there, that he was not crazy, and they shouldn't label him as such, and yada, yada, yada. <laughs> Pretty much, you know, playing to the tune of Rokes is awesome guy and he's totally Moses and I totally he's, believe he's him. Doing God's work. Yeah, I think you make a really good point, Dick Betty, about how, like how touchy people come get when it comes to religion, and they're able to like they don't want to go too deep or slander someone else's views and et cetera, et cetera. So he was judged fit to stand trial for obstruction of justice and given one year suspended sentence. So he's pretty much off. And at this point, the media is 
portraying him quite softly. They're saying he's just a simple mountain man trying to help these people, and he's not a bad person, and... It's not like the guy in fake news. Beyond the Black Rainbow. No, it's all fake news. Fake news. Fake news. 2294. What's his name? Barry? In Beyond the Black Rainbow? I think it is Barry. Yeah, I think it's Barry. So at this point, Gabrielle Nadu went into a coma and died shortly thereafter. <laughs> she is the woman with MS. Oh. Thoreau wanted to bury her body at the foot of Eternal Mountain, but she was taken by authorities for an autopsy. And at that point, Roke stated no one else will be taken by the police. If they die, they are buried here. Right. Okay. Then, uh, in 1980, early November, Guy Beer joined the commune. Now, this guy met him um, while he was, while Roke was in the mental ward. Mm -hmm. And he was the first person to join since the Healthy Living Clinic. Okay. Situation all went down. <coughs> and this dude was pretty messed up to begin with. Uh, Roke wouldn't let him live in the actual main compound. He made him live off in this side cabin. Uh, his job was pretty much, you know, normal stuff. Chopping wood, storing food rations for the winter, all that good stuff. But his main job was to babysit the three non-Rokes, the three children who didn't belong to Roke. Okay. Okay who Roke pretty much referred to as animals, because he already took care of all the other animals. We'll have this guy, whose name is Guy, that's funny. <laughs> I'm funny, I'm good at this. 2294. This guy. 2249, you confuse them. I just want to die so bad. <laughs> Please text yes. Please text yes. Kids that was a lot of fun here. Let's get with it, come on, bud. So, this is where things... This is where they get dark? Well, this is where people actually start to somewhat get murdered. Okay. Someone, so, someone get murdered. Well, okay. So this part's going to be really, really heavy. Warning our viewers. So, March 23rd, 1980, uh, there was this party that Roque organized his two sons from his marriage with Francine Grenier, mm -hmm. Roque Jr., who was 12, and Francis, who was 10, Aww. were coming to live with him at the commune. And Veer was not invited, so his job was to look after the children. Now there are two starts, two versions to this story, okay? There is the quote-unquote official version, which was told by Roke, Guy Veer, and most of the commune members. And this is also the one that was stated as fact by the police, but there, there's another one which I'll get to. So, one of the children, Samuel, he was a toddler at the time, I believe, was crying in the middle of the night and keeping Veer awake, and Veer got angry. So, he started screaming at the kid, and he picked him up by his throat and started punching him in the face five to six times. Oh. Next day, Roke discovered what had happened, placed Samuel under the care of Gabrielle, nurse of the group at the time. Allegedly, the baby's head was flopping back and forth, and his penis had swelled up for some reason. Hmm. So, Roke took a pair of scissors after sterilizing them with alcohol, and he lanced the infant's penis, oh. permit, permitting the urine to flow out. Next morning, Samuel... Oh, that's not Samuel, how any of that works. No, it's not. No. The next morning, Samuel was found dead, 
and this account was accepted by the courts. So now, they didn't just bury the baby and pretend it didn't happen. The cops were actually called. Yeah, eventually, yes. yeah. So this comes out later. Yeah, this all comes out later. Yeah. So according to a book called *The Savage Messiah* by Paul Kalal and Ross Laver, Giselle tells a completely different story. <laughs> She said that Samuel's face was bruised the morning of the 24th, but nothing else was wrong with him. And Broke decided that the baby needed to be circumcised, used 94% ethanol solution to sterilize the razor, and then poured it into a rubber bulb and squeezed it into the baby's mouth as an anesthetic. Pretty much killing the child from alcohol poisoning. Now, there was no way to prove either way, but... There are two different stories. Fucking terrible either way. Yeah, it's awful either way. Those stories suck. Yeah, there's some... There's a worse one. I'm not going to get into too much detail into the really, really, really bad thing that I actually had to stop doing my research for a little bit and take a little walk earlier today, but... Anyway. Moving on. 2249. 2249. So, Roke... Stated that they should burn the child. Fair enough. Reasoning behind that is bears and birds might try to eat it or just be attracted to their camp. And after that, life at the commune went back to normal for a while. Well, for at least six months. Yeah, okay. Uh, One night in September, in a drunken state, Roke became angry with Veer for some reason, and decided that he should stand trial for the crime of punching this child in the face. Mm. Okay. Fair enough. So they brought everybody together to create a, you know... Gary, you get this guy up here. We're gonna have a trial. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're, we're gonna, gonna have, have a trial. trial. Mind you, this whole time he is just lost drunk, so it's pretty much just like, you know what, Veer? I don't, you did that thing. And you're going to stand trial for it. Mm-hmm. Yes, you are. You're gonna, we're going to get you up I there. I feel like I've had drunk people in the street yell at me about <laughs> they're going to put me on trial. This is like if that happened. Yeah, but there's a dude with like 14 wives and yeah. 20 children. He's doing something right. Is he? Well, I mean, outside like appearances. cult standards, I guess. Yeah, he's doing okay. Well, the trial lasted only one hour. Nice. And the verdict was a unanimous one. Not guilty for reason of insanity. Can anyone guess what happened next? He gets released. No, they Rope was not demons. happy. He was not a happy camper. Uh-huh. So a couple hours later, uh, he took Jacques aside and pretty much said, "Hey, we should castrate Veer." Now wait, hold on. Did, was this like a put on trial in front of the commune mm-hmm. and not a real police thing? No, this was not a real police thing. Oh. This was just the commune and the whole. Yeah, members. this is everything's happening in the cult. Okay. Yeah, they're completely disconnected okay. from the outside. Okay, world, so when much. you say he should stand trial, it means within the cult community. Yeah, they they run by their own rules, the rule of Roke. Yeah. Okay. So Roke says, we're going to have a trial now. Everybody's like, I guess we're doing this. And then they have a trial. <laughs> then they don't vote the right way. And now Roke's pissed. Yeah, I'm surprised they even found him guilty by reason of insanity. No, not guilty. Well, I mean. Not guilty by reason. Wouldn't they just say not guilty outright? Apparently not. Okay. They thought maybe it would soften the blow to Roke. Okay. Well, maybe they just think they're fancy, dancy law people. Who knows? I wasn't there. That's true. I... Yeah. But anyway. So like I said, 
broke one of them balls. So then they voted again. Jury of ten people. Only three voted against it, so it passed. I'm imagining the scene in uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas when Harry Dean Stanton's like the judge. He's a like, castration! <laughs> Double castration! <laughs> and he smashes the little Clementines with his huge mallet or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Two, two, four, nine. But it's less fun. <laughs> yeah, far less fun, especially for Guy Beer. So he... Well, he did punch a baby, so... Yeah, but, you know, this man was mentally unstable to begin with. Yeah. He shouldn't have been watching children. Oh, yeah. Probably right. shouldn't have been released to the hospital either, Probably, but. Yeah, probably shouldn't be in a cult. Uh. Well, nobody should be in a cult. You should only lead one. Except for Tom Cruise. No, not even he's, Tom Cruise. He's where he belongs. Uh, God. Anyway, I'm not going to get into Scientology. They'll find us. So... Roke actually talked Veer into accepting this. He's like, look, listen, listen, man, listen. Those headaches you get, they'll be gone. They'll be totally gone. I don't feel like that. Oh, wait, wait, oh, wait. He's he's talking a crazy person into something crazy. I don't feel like it's that hard. (laughs) I can talk a three-year-old into a, you know, bad... Your penis is the reason for your headaches. Also, all that, all that jacking it that you've been doing... This is all real, by the way. It's probably not phrased this way, but this actually happened. All that jacking you've been doing has been causing your breathing to be all fucked up and shit. Oh, that's true. Oh, let me take a listen, my fear. Hold on. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Anyway, what was I saying? Right, castration. So, all those like weird things that you know, been plaguing your headaches and masturbating so you can't breathe, that'll all be gone. And he's like, yeah. Fair like enough. Sounds, like sounds pretty good. You're a doctor, right, my so guy? castration means they're going to... Well, there's different kinds. Yeah. Uh, I believe... They're taking an actual sack. Yeah, judging by the all of the... brutal methods. Um, future ball amputation that happens in the cult, which yeah. there's a few. Oh, jeez. Uh, it, it was just testicles. I'm going to assume. I. Yeah, because normally you'd have to have... Like, if you remove somebody's peen... You're going to get left with a stump that can get scabbed over. You yeah. have to have an opening for the wee-wee to come out, right. if we can use medical terms. Right. So you, if you cut off the balls and then suture the sack, or you can cut the sack open and then cut the balls out from the oh, inside God. and sew the sack back up. It is the testicles. I have it right here. So we're going to get into it. All right. Um, so Rogue actually convinced him to pretty much write a letter of consent, which he did. So you he, know what? This seems like a good idea. Listen, listen. No more headaches. You're going to feel fine. I'm going to breathe Just, great. Here's a letter pretty much stating like, you're cool. You got no we're responsibilities cool. for cutting off your balls. You're cool. Just a uh, couple cool. Hold on. Hold on. I'm good. I'm good. So you sign this letter and like, we're free and clear. You're free and clear. Everybody's got to clear conscience. Uh, it'll all be good. It'll all be good. So, it's like my dad meets, like, Rick. Everyone, <laughs> everyone prepare themselves, because okay. I'm going to tell you exactly how he did it. Okay. Awesome. So he had Veer lie down on a table. Good start. And had Gabrielle fetch the medical instruments. Gabrielle, <laughs> fetch my medical instruments. <laughs> Gab- Gabrielle, I need, um, get the axe from outside. Here's, here's what I need. I need, 
uh, one of those uh, um, bands, they're stretchy. Ela- I need an elastic band. Uh, Gotta have a tourniquet. I need a razor blade and a magnifying glass because it's like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? A pair of tweezers and get the ethanol. That's not for him, though. Next year was more vodka. And yes, those were all actually things involved in oh it. It my was God. an elastic band, a razor blade, a magnifying glass, and a pair of tweezers and ethanol. Oh my god. And apparently the operation itself was pretty hard. Painless. Um, he they, fancies himself a medical man. Yeah, I mean, well, I... Moses did a lot of surgery. And, and he, I had stated, I believe in our last episode, that he did become obsessed with his medical textbooks. And these medical operations that he's doing become more and more common and yeah. cause one of the more horrific things to happen in the group yeah. later. But yeah, he thought he was like this doctor. That's why he opened up that clinic. He's like, I can fucking save people. Yeah. This is going to be so good. I hate this guy. I know, he's the worst. <laughs> No, but can I just can I just do a quick aside? Yeah. yeah. So I've seen a lot of messed up stuff in my day. Um, the worst thing I've ever seen is the famous BME Pain Olympics winners. Oh. Uh, yeah. No. And I was in college, and I'd been to Rotten when I was in middle school. I had seen everything from Tub Girl to Goatee. Yep. I saw all that stuff, but I saw the <coughs> BME Pain Olympics and. This just makes me think of that, because the one guy uses a knife, and the other guy uses an axe, and the one dude, doesn't he, doesn't he cut off the whole jam? I think the, and the other guy, he cuts off yep. the balls with a knife, and they just, like, fall out of the sack, and it's, like, on a cutting board, it was a home shot, the, I think, I don't know if they both died, I know the one guy, the one guy, guy died, yeah, the one guy died. What the fuck? Yeah, extreme body modification or Body Modification Extreme Pain Olympics, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah it was really... Uh, well, there's, like, the, the guy with the jar, you know? No, broke the jar in his rectum, and then his his rectum prolapsed. He died, he bled out. No, perforated his rectum and I stuff. Why? Yeah, well, anyways, I saw that, too. That That is the worst thing I've ever seen. So I'm just imagining that. Jesus. So thanks. No problem. So the testicles were discarded in a Kleenex. <laughs> That's good brain. Your scrotum <laughs> like Is it though? That's not what I want Kleenex my brain to say. you have your testicles removed, <laughs> the quicker picker upper. That's bounty. But, you know. sure that was Sponsor us! <laughs> Blue apron. Testicles delivered right to you. So, uh... Veer's scrotum did bleed for a week. Oh my and God. Gabrielle gave him a new salt water compress every 20 minutes. And... He got plenty of iron in his diet. Oh, gosh. So oh, those headaches hey. went away, though. Uh, here's the thing. They didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so, Roke now felt that Veer was a security risk, risk and started tormenting him even more. He beat him. He played games with him where he'd instruct all his followers to pretty much stab him with knives. And right as they were about to do that, 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 was that a game? It's a fun game. Yeah, apparently yeah. for Roke it was. Stab. It's called stab. stab. Well, well, for players 12 and like this. <laughs> stab that guy. Oh, wait. Nope, nope, nope. Stop, stop. See, I saved you. <laughs> which is pretty right, much. That's pretty good. Which that's pretty, a pretty good which game. Which pretty much is exactly what he happened. Did. So he called them off. Like he would, like God called Abraham off from sacrificing Isaac at the yeah. very last. Moment. No, I got it. So you know. So he's a piece of shit. Yeah. 
Just a master yeah. class. Games called stats. No, but I love it because like you just send what's his face, old nutless nutmeg. Guy fear. Guy, guy, the nut guy, nutless guy. Um, I, there's a joke there, but I'm <laughs> come back to me. But anyways, you just send him to the other room and then you tell everybody, "All right, you guys rock and stab." And then like they're like, "Oh, Carly, mine." I very like, much no, that's gonna. No. I, I doubt that's gonna pick up on the recording. <laughs> Sorry, it's fine. <laughs> and then, and then he's like, "Wait, no, everybody, stop getting stabby!" And he's like, "You're my hero. That's that's good. Find a genius." Yeah, I should do that at work. Well, apparently, it didn't take for Veer because on November fifth, Veer actually escaped to the village of Saint Jacques, Jogus, Jogus, and he told villagers that a baby had died, but it was kicked by a horse. So, police actually raided the compound and arrested. Roke and Samuel, the dead child's parents, uh-huh. and relocated seven of the children to foster homes. Oh, good. Um, yeah, they found the kids' remains, and members of the commune told stories of Veer beating the child. They also found Veer's letter of consent for his castration. I don't oh think that would God. hold up anymore. Yeah, I don't think it would. Probably not, but it's Canada, so who the fuck knows? They, I, I don't think even in Canada... Yeah. America's hat has a pretty solid legal system. So, after that, the coroner determines that the group was criminally responsible for the death of Samuel Giguier. I'm going to have trouble with these names the whole time, so people strap on in. Okay. Is that that a common expression? Yeah. Strap on in. Strap on in. Strap it on. Strap it on. Strap it in. Uh, they, or not? So they ch- <laughs> they charge Roque, Jacques Guigieri, Maurice, pretty much most of the people um, in the cult and Guy were all charged with criminal negligence causing bodily harm to Samuel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at least they got the kids out because I bet even when they reassembled they didn't get those kids back. Yeah, well... Claude Ouellette, who burned the body, was charged with obstruction of justice. Uh, Jacques and Maris were charged with neglect towards their eldest daughter, who is now five, and Claude and Solange Baudillard were similarly charged for the treatment of Simon Ouellette, now three. And they were just charged with all this stuff, and, you know, things seemed to be finally breaking up for this cult. Mm -hmm. The end of the ninth month trial... Everyone was found guilty of all charges. Uh, Maurice and Solange got three years probation. Jacques Guiguier and Claude Ouellette received six months in prison and three months probation for child abandonment. Guy Veer was sentenced and later acquitted for mental incompetence and was returned to the hospital where he met Roque himself. Gabrielle was sentenced to nine months in jail and three years probation. And what happened to Roque? Well, Roque was sentenced to two years less a day in prison and three years probation. You get two years for killing a baby? Technically, he didn't do anything. Well, no. I mean, it depends on the story. Yeah. He stabbed the baby in the peen or whatever, or he... Gave him ethanol. Yeah, so... But the thing is that... But they couldn't prove that because the baby was burned. No, yeah. well, it doesn't, that doesn't sound like the issue. The issue is that it was negligence. Like, it wasn't... So, I mean, again, we talked about this before with the, in the Asian serial killer thing with, like, whether or not 
whether you're convicted of murder versus manslaughter or whatever, like every country has its own laws and defines different crimes different ways. And so, you know, they could have found him guilty of negligence, criminal negligence, but like that's not the same as homicide. Yeah. You know what I mean? Homicide is like an intention to do something, but there's degrees of homicide in this country and there's the federal laws for homicide are different than the state laws. And so, you know, in the United States, you can be found, like, you could get life in prison for a crime, like a murder you didn't mean to commit, yeah. an accidental death, if your conduct was so uh, reckless in its disregard for human life and welfare, that to do it would have, like, obviously could have caused this kind of harm and killed somebody, and then you do kill somebody. It's like drinking and driving, right? Like, <laughs> similar kind of thing, although you don't get life in prison normally for that. But... In Canada, it might be different. And especially with this, like, it sounds like, again, like, these are backwards people. This is what we can charge them with, and we know we'll get them. Like, if we put Roke in jail for three or two years, maybe that's enough. So they had enough to convict him of criminal negligence resulting in a wrongful death. Right. But I guarantee you, he talks his way out of so much shit. Sure. I mean, to a point. But it's also, like, again, you gotta, like, I don't know the laws of Canada to say, you know... What what their statutes were at that time for those crimes? But right. I'm sure they did everything that they could to keep this guy away for as long as they can. But when you've got all after the fact stuff, it's it's harder. And also, kids like do die. Like terrible shit happens. And I mean, obviously these people weren't good parents. But it wasn't like Roke punched the baby, the baby's head swelled up, and then the baby died. Like then you could go to jail for it. Yeah. Also, so, a lot of countries don't put people in jail for as long as America does. That's true. It's very true. Because, like, you know, other countries truly believe in the reform, yeah. you know, in the penal system. Some people can't be reformed, but... Penal. <laughs> uh, Rogue was transferred to Orsonville Detention Center in Quebec City. And at that point, all of the members distributed themselves between four apartments in Quebec, pretty much waiting for them, one to be close to their leader. And the police actually burnt down their cabin and bulldozed the ashes. Nice. <laughs> So, on February 1984, Roke actually was released, and his followers didn't want him to stay in the city, but he's like, nah, we're gonna go back to the woods, it's gonna be great this time, no baby's gonna die, I'm not gonna meme anyone, maybe I won't cut off any balls, but no promises, like, we don't have any balls left, Roke, you silly gilly. <laughs> So he wanted to start all over again in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, well, duh. Once you get the cult life once, you don't want to give it up. True. So on Lot 4, Concession 5 in Somerville Township, Burnt River, near the town of Lindsay in Victoria County, Ontario, Mm -hmm. is where they moved. He actually stopped drinking. Okay. And he told them that there wouldn't be any more violence, and after all, God is, as God's emissary... They were obliged to follow him. So, May 1984, they began construction on a new cabin. Broke changed his name again, now calling himself Rock. Nice. <laughs> That's a wrestling name. <coughs> Can you smell what testicles the Rock is cutting? <laughs> it's probably not. No, it's pretty good. I, I like, like it. I liked it a lot, too. 2249. <laughs> Dick Fetty is now listening. Yeah, like the Hulk. <laughs> like the Hulk? Yeah. Like Hulk Hogan? That's good. Yeah. Whoa, whoa there. Whoa, you're going to kick up a gust when like those hands are out. Yeah, gee whiz. <laughs> so, at this point, 
Should I just call him Rock now? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Rock established a new hierarchy in the group. Like a rock. Pretty much assigned the wife to doing different more things. Um, he forbade Jacques and Marys from sleeping together and <laughs> encouraged. This is not funny. Um, I'm sorry. Encouraged Jacques to beat her if she talked back to him or to Rock, mm. even though she was pregnant. Oh. Well, as long as you don't beat her in the gut. He also convinced him that his wife's birthmark looked like the number 666. <laughs> That's awesome. So they were getting help from, like, welfare and stuff at this point. Yeah. And Victoria that's, County... That's the benefit from living on real land instead of in the forest, like a mm -hmm. fucking nerd. Well, they were still getting it even though they were living in the forest. Yeah, but they weren't living in the... Like, they, they have a plot now. Well, at this point, Victoria County decided that they're a group, they're not a family, yeah. they don't deserve this thing, and pulled funding from them. Okay. So then he start he had the wives start to go out and steal food from groceries, stores and stuff like that. They even made special coat coats to hold all the stuff oh. in. Oh coat coats. We should make some of those for merch. That's a we fun that's a fun handsy handsy yeah. activity. Say colt coats five times fast. Colt, colt coats, 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 colt coats, colt coats, colt coats, colt coats. That got slower. I can't do it. Colt coats. Cold cuts. Cold cuts. Cold cuts. Cold cuts. <laughs> we'll just start selling cold cuts. People will buy Much them. better idea. We'll sell how cold two, cuts. Two, two, oh, no. Cold cuts. Cold cuts. Every piece of meat has a picture of our Savior's face on it. That's a great idea. Trademark. Our Lord and Savior Dick. Nobody Harry. steal that idea. Whoever's listening, it's tr trademark. Motel how They're going to steal it. We have a lawyer. So, Mr. Fetty. This is a court of law. <laughs> this is a circus court. This is this court is a rodeo without a clown. <laughs> so on January thirty first, nineteen eighty five, they were actually caught stealing, and they were banned from Walmart. The all the, yeah, the cult cuts. <laughs> Shoprite was like, no more. <laughs> Quit branding meat in our parking lot. Fucking lunatics. So Rock likes they were <laughs> they were banned from. Grocery stores, there's yellow and stuff. Yeah. Plus, still a mad core scene, I bet. So, like, every <laughs> shitty drug addict boyfriend, Rock is like, listen, I, I need you to call your parents and be like, yo, we need some money. Uh -huh. That sounds like a drug addict boyfriend. And, of course, that didn't work out so well. I was going to say, the parents aren't going to put up with that. They've already been through this whole shebang for years now. They're, like, over it. People are enablers. I'm sure at least a few of them get money. Yeah, but, you know. But I, I guarantee you most of them didn't, which further excommunicated them from their families. In turn, they were more one with the cult. At this point, they began selling fruit and later pastries. Oh. And pretty much opened up a bakery named the Anhill Kids. Oh. And that's because they all worked together like a hill of ants. Yeah. Like an ant colony. There's a queen ant, and there's a lot of workers. But he still only let the followers eat corn and potatoes. Well, doy, you can't have them munching on the... Imagine the delight of being one of those anthill people, and then, like, taking a bite into your own pastry. Like, you know it's forbidden, it's the ultimate blasphemy, but it's so good. And then Rogue finds out, and off go your balls. Yeah. Well, at this point, they were actually making good money off of doing this. I mean, they're making pastry money. It's ain't so cocaine money. So, without struggling, 
compared to what they had though. Yeah, compared to no money, yeah. it's money. They're, well, they were actually doing pretty well. Enough where Rock didn't really have to worry about anything. And he got bored. And what's a bored alcoholic do? Drink. They drink. Yeah, they <laughs> drink, 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 drink. Chug a luck. Chug a luck. Not enabling. We're named after Buds. Chug a luck. And Hill Kid. <laughs> so, when he got bored and started drinking again, he stopped working. And of course, was like, oh, my gut, he was. They hurt so much. I can't help. I'm sorry. He did, he did have legitimate gut problems. Yeah, Documented. but. But, yeah. I know, as somebody who drank to make their stomach feel better. I've got stomach problems, and I'm not fucking... I still go to life. work every day. Okay. I'm like this rock pussy. Huh. Huh. That, 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 that'd be a terrible vagina. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, oh! It's like a landslide. Like that song by Crosby... No. Uh, you got it. Come on. Oh, Fleetwood Mac. Well, I've been afraid of... So for <laughs> so for please stop don't it. stop please it. We're gonna get sued. Don't stop it, it. <laughs> Stevie Nicks. Stop it, no. Okay. Uh, so that's <laughs> yeah. No. Okay. We don't want to get sued. <laughs> You're actually allowed to sing it. It's not. I can't sue you for that. Uh, I'm not taking any chances. I I know the law. Children. Law. I am the law. I'm getting older. Two. That, that, that is a sore spot. Uh, uh, <laughs> Flex, don't cry. I said, don't cry. We're all gonna die. Don't make me castrate you. We yeah. are all gonna die. Two, two, four, nine. Two, two, four, nine. Now, what is to happen tonight? For the price of one, you get three. <laughs> Suicide pact. Suicide pact. Suicide pact. So, Ro Rock turns to his congregants and says, "Listen, my stomach hurts." I gotta prescribe myself a case of beer like once a day. <laughs> so, you know, that you way I can fun be God's emissary. Yeah, except for all the horrible shit that you're about to hear about. Oh. So, while drunk, he would play his wives off of each other, uh, manipulating their self-esteem and whatnot. What? You mean drunk man manipulates women? I don't believe <laughs> it. Well, this part sounds like it could be a, a fun party as long as everyone's willing to do this. He would organize no-holds-bar nude wrestling matches between all the women. That's awesome. And sometimes he would actually put a man in the middle of the circle and tell the women to hit and kick him. And then sometimes... That's, uh, what, participation. Participation! I don't know what that is. You'll it's a it. participatory execution. Yeah. Oh. Participation. That's a fun word. I Isn't know. it? It is. Especially in the context of the show. Well, they wouldn't kill him. No, I know. But uh, occasionally he would put himself in the ring. <laughs> and if you scored a you hit on him... You smell the wrong guy! You don't get it! But if you actually scored a hit on him... But you hit me, you, you get less food rations. <laughs> you lady. Oh my god, so he's like the fucking bitch kid on the, on the cul-de-sac <laughs> who if you break his toy or you push him and he goes home to mommy and play yeah. times over... But he's all about pushing you around. Yeah. Fuck this guy. This guy's a bitch. I knew a kid exactly like this growing up, and we called him Fat Lip because, you know what? It doesn't matter. <laughs> no, no, let it go. I gotta let it go. Talk about it. It's like eighteen years ago. It's fine. It's okay. It's fine. Did he hurt your boom boom? No, I. Let it out. No, it's all right. We grow up. We, we get older. <laughs> 
Can you sing Lance? Well, I've been afraid of All right, that's changing because I've been my life around you. I totally know the words from when Smashing Pumpkins did it. Yeah, that's how I know that song. That's how you love that song. It's, it's worse, Billy. So let's get back to the torture, okay, shall we? Right, right, right. I feel like I'm the tortured now. So R- Rock would beat him. He'd whip him. Whipping? That's new. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sometimes with the broadside of an axe. Huh. Sometimes with a hammer. You know, oh. changing it up. Nice. Never know what he's gonna come at you with. Changes. Changes. Strange. Changes. I love that. It's been a very musical episode. I like it. a really good song. David Bowie, rip! We should just uh, make a musical about the Anthill Kids. Yeah, we should. Oh, we got to set it in Cockney, England. I've got beer and I don't have testicles. I beat a baby to death. That's good. That's a good yeah. start. Tap dance. Tap dance. Baking Tap dance. bread and breaking nuts. That's what we do here at the old Anthill Kids. Huts. You like that? No. Work harder. <laughs> we, we build huts and we break nuts. We are the Anthill Kids. Yeah, I like it. Uh, it needs more rhyming. Okay, we'll get right. back to We're it. We're never going to get through it. Okay, keep going, keep going. Anyway. Naked wrestling. Naked wrestling. Uh, the, everyone was uh, not allowed to go to the hospital, no matter what their injuries were. Yeah. He would urinate on them. <laughs> force them to perform analingus on Aww. other members. Analingus? Eating the butt. Yeah, rim job. Tossing salads? Tossing the salad. <laughs> That's healthy living! Ah! <laughs> Smooching the dirt star. Oh, okay. Nah. We're done. Licking the chocolate star. Analingus. That's what it's called. This is dark. Tongue slapping this is really dark. the this butt is, button. This is rape. We'll get there. <laughs> oh. Step at a time, sister. And sometimes he'd make them cover themselves in their own poo. Oh. He also slashed Jacques Giguier in the jugular with a broken wine glass. Holy shit, that's metal as fuck. <laughs> no, that's wino as fuck. <laughs> and then also ordered Jacques to be circumcised. Oh. This, that started with naked wrestling and it ends with circumcision? Yep. My guy. Now, he punished them for all their sins, so now they are purified as a result. Okay. And he would, every day, so, every day he'd wake up after doing all this horrible shit, be totally sober, and just weep. <laughs> oh my god, guys, I'm so, I'm so sorry that I had to do this. Listen, listen, I'm sober now, and... You know, God needs to stop using me as a vehicle for his cruel justice, but it is justice and it is God, so like, it has to happen, but like, my bad, I guess. Somebody give me a fucking beer! I feel like I've lived this life. I'm scared. Minus all the violence. Oh, yeah, minus the violence. January 26th, 1985. Shortly after 9 a.m. Uh, Gabrielle put her five-month baby, Rock's son, Eleazar, Elazar, 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 like from Futurama, Elazar. Start to V. Rond with Telescar. It's about to get real bad. She put him in a wheelbarrow. It was snowing outside. The temperature was 14 degrees Fahrenheit, and by 10:45 a.m., the baby was dead. She just forgot him in the wheelbarrow? No. 
So Rock hated this kid already. Yeah, fair enough. And Gabrielle thought it would be an act of mercy for the infant. Oh, wow. And the county coroner, uh, coroner, let me start over. The county coroner, Al Lackey, who was actually a friend of Rock's. Of course. Uh, claimed that it was Sid's sudden infant death syndrome. Yeah. Yeah, something about that cold, sudden infant <laughs> cold death. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ, Canada. Get your shit together. Well, at this point, the Children's Aid Society, or the CAS, who will become more prevalent, started watching the commune at this point. Because that's two babies gone. Yeah. You know, that's, uh, it's not good. Yeah, those are bad numbers. Not good. Yeah. I could say a bunch of stuff, but I'm not going to make those jokes. Yeah. So, after a year of mud wrestling, uh, Rock forbade <coughs> relationships with. Uh, God, wait, hold on. Okay. So, after a year of Maurice being forbade to have relations with her pre cult husband, Jacques. She was the only adult woman of the group that Rock hadn't taken as his own wife and was actually permitted to leave with two of her children. Like, out for the day. Was she just busted? I I have no idea. I'm just saying. I don't know. She could have been. But maybe he was just having too much fun banging. Yeah. So she was allowed to leave, but there was a condition. She would have to leave behind her eldest daughter, who was born prior to her entering the cult, okay. who was just nearing puberty, uh-huh. so Roke, Rock, Moses, the man himself, could marry her. And then, uh, and she was just at puberty. She was nearing the age of puberty, so she was not an adult woman in any sense, which is really gross. So after Maurice left, she actually decided to pursue legal action to get custody of her remaining daughter back yeah. from them. So part of this legal action involved her having to testify, mm. where the you know for, against the compound and the CAS, CAS to sweep in and take the kids to foster homes. Nice. But they exhibited disturbing behavior, which pretty much led everyone to believe that they were definitely abused. And when they were asked about the conditions... Is this sexual abuse or just physical abuse at this point? We'll get there. That's my whole next part. Uh, When they were asked about it, the children actually were telling them what was going on. Yeah. So this is the part I'm going to (coughs) leave... Vague. Vague details in. So, Rogue separated the children in the compound into two groups. His own... And everybody else's. And the children who did not belong to him were pretty much treated as slaves. They were made to work, stuff like that. They were made to crawl around like animals. They were malnourished. And everyone was forbidden to speak to them, ever. Okay. So they were pretty much like dogs. Yeah. They're they're like developmentally disabled at this point. All sorts of horrible shit. So even though he considered his children the, the followers of the Messiah, the next generation of his religious following, 
he was the only one that was actually allowed to show any affection towards his own children. Right. And he would actually mess with the mothers of his children. He'd hold them over fire so they'd cry and be like, don't kill my baby. And he'd be like, I'm not going to kill it. Look, we're just having fun. Wee! But no, he was actually threatening to kill him. Uh, uh, it makes me think of The Simpsons when it's like the video and the guy's got his the girl and he's like, wee, wee, <laughs> wee. And then she just like flies out of the frame and never comes back. And he's like, hi, blah, blah. Is it Troy McClure? I think it's a Troy McClure one. Maybe not. Anyway, it sounds less fun than that. <laughs> and these are these are his kids. You yeah. can imagine what was really going on with the other kids. With the other kids. Yeah. So he'd take his own children, nail them to trees by their clothes, and then tell other children to stone and knife them, and then call them off at the very last minute, playing his little fun game again. Oh my god, the game's called Stab. And some of the children, their mouths are full of rotting teeth. They would randomly scream, rock, chant, bang on things. And one of their chores was to hand wash the sanitary napkins of the women. Oh, the well, they got tiny hands. They, those tiny got hands. they were sleep deprived, food deprived, and had zero hygiene, much like most of the cult, who, if you remember, are wearing these gross robes. The yeah. Time. And they had no formal education. Any education they had came from Rock Wright himself. It was yeah. just right from him. He's like, this is God. He, he, lives, in a, he lives on the ground because... <laughs> it's warm. You see flowers? You see the flowers? This, this is God. That's all true. That's all true. <laughs> and God, he, he likes... um. He likes blood sacrifices. Mm-hmm. So I'm going, I'm going to murder this goat. Let my daughter hand raised and we'll murder her. Just stab, 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 stab. Oh, he did that, didn't he? Yes, he did. And bathed in blood. Oh, God, that's awful. (laughs) That voice is getting really hard to do. Yeah. (laughs) So, herein lies the really gross stuff. So, the children were able to go into great detail about sex rights in the group. After they actually left the cult, they were taken from the cult. Mm-hmm. Graphic detail of things that involved the whole quote-unquote family. Him, his eldest son, Rogue Jr., uh, would molest them, rape them. There's a lot more detail I have in my notes, but it's really disgusting and I'm not going to go into it. Thank you. So, the court ordered an independent assessment, and that team... Included a man named Dr. Rehel Hunalt and Dr. Martin Milijovich. Mil- mm-hmm. It's a weird name. And he actually recommended that the children be returned back to the commune. <laughs> and that Roke had a pioneering spirit. And oh, ex- this is the guy who's like later got his license for yes. this, right? Yeah. He had, he has an experimental attitude regarding sexual education. What? Yeah. Again, remember these are people post generation love. These are broken, fucked yeah. up, terrible people. I mean, if you think that's right, then you're probably diddling your own kids, you sack yeah. of shit. So, once again, like, Rock is able to get in the minds of these professional people. And just completely twist them around to his will. But 
good news. October 26, 1987, court ruled that all children were made wards of the crown. Now, I'm sure it wasn't an easy life being in foster care, but I'm sure it was a shitload better than yeah. whatever the fuck was going on in that horrible compound. Yeah. But there still wasn't enough evidence to press criminal charges on Rook at that point. Which seems crazy. At this point, that seems crazy to me. True. But, I mean, I wasn't there. Yeah. So one day, for whatever reason, he became enraged with Claude Ouellette. Nobody nobody remembers why. Yes, Rogue, Rogue did. Nobody really remembers why. <laughs> and no one has really come forward with a reason. But... His punishment was to walk around with a rubber band tightly wrapped around his testicles. Oh. Said rubber band was worn overnight and caused irreparable damage to the testicles. Yeah, that'll necrify your flesh. Yep. That's why you can't wear a cock ring for too long, PSA. Seriously. <laughs> so, <laughs> thank you for that, Dick Fetty. Just saying, that's just... Sex safety 101. No, you're right. I, I won't even wear them at all. Yeah, me neither. I just put an anal speculum in there and do my deed. Oh, God. I got a mirror set up so I can see it while I'm doing the deed. <sighs> I hear that there's nothing quite like a prostate-based orgasm. That's true. Nothing quite like it. Two-two. Not even four a screen. Two-two-four-nine. So, the rock and roll surgeon himself. Very good. <laughs> rock the. <laughs> I get it now. <laughs> <laughs> Use the razor blade to cut open Claw's scrotum and oh pluck god. out the infected testicles. Oh my god! And cauterize the wound with a hot iron. Oh, this guy. He's a piece of shit. Yeah. So, after that. He held a vote to determine whether Claude should be stoned to death. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry. Why? Why even do the yeah. surgery? Because he's a dick. He's a fucking I'm going to take your testicles and we're going to take a vote. So you just yeah. stay right there. I'm going to do my thing. No, but I imagine that he gets the testicles out. He has a couple celebratory shots. And then he's like, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Fuck this. <laughs> Ballless bastard. Get him out of my house. I like it though. He's taking out all the other... Threat nails. This is very Animal Kingdom. So the motion was defeated. Oh. So Rock got real rock and roll at this point. Uh -huh. All right. And he took an acetylene torch and threatened to open Claude's stomach. But Claude did escape into the woods, and he stayed there until after Rock was sober once again. And this became a thing for people in the cult. So if something crazy would happen, they'd just run off into the woods for a little while and then come back when he was sober, and it was like everything was cool. That's terrifying. Yeah. It's like that movie Bad Santa, except for way worse. Way worse Santa. <laughs> I mean, they come back and they still get punished anyway, but... Yeah, but they wouldn't... Yeah, no, I got it. Uh, one night, February 1987... That's Rock threw a hunting knife at Giselle, creating a wood three inches wound three inches deep, and immediately just started spraying blood everywhere. Yeah, I think that happens when you get hunting knives thrown into your flesh. So, she's she's bleeding, and this is Thoreau's actual response. 
<clears throat> oh, I'm going to go get another beer. No way. Goes, gets another beer, comes back two hours later, and a cloud had formed in her leg. And it was huge. It was swollen. So he was like, I got this. We're going we're gonna to operate this. It's going to be fine. So he pressed on the wound until it opened again. Started probing it with a red-hot iron file. And poured cup after cup of boiling water on the leg. A week later, the wound was definitely infected. <laughs> <laughs> ah! This guy... God, I've heard fucking Civil War stories that had happier endings than this shit. So, I well, the way this all ends, um, and I'm not like really for like horrible things happening to anybody, but I feel pretty good about the way this ends because he raped kids and did all this horrible shit anyway. But so he decided to fill the wound with salt, olive oil, and spruce gum, mm. making garlic bread. Yeah. So after. I mean, they are a bakery. <laughs> and hill kids making garlic bread out of your fucked up leg. <laughs> we're gonna workshop that. We're, 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 we're workshopping that. We'll get it better. We'll we'll get this musical off the ground. It is. It's gonna be. I think we need to get Baz Luhrmann involved. We should make it a rock opera. <laughs> oh shit! Womp womp womp. Can't. My jacket's holding my arms down. They're high fiving. They're high fiving. We're Crying. filming that. We're filming this. We're recording this in the middle of winter. We have to have doors open because we're smoking and it's cold in here. We are so stoned right now. <laughs> yeah. Um. Unlike, unlike Claude, who didn't get stoned, he got rocked. <laughs> he got rocked. Go on. Horrible things happened to that man, and we're sorry to him and his family. Anyway. So her leg healed after a while and Giselle tried to escape again and then she came back. As is one to do yeah. when you're in a cult. Yeah, yeah. Seriously. I don't know. I was actually uh, thinking about, because I've been reading recently about cults that are actually quite near to us, about as like an experiment, us going out and joining a cult. But one, requires money. I don't have any. And two... Afraid I might like it a little too much in the beginning, and then all well, of a sudden, that's they get you. They it's get two you years later, and I'm like, guys, how this happened to us? And you're like, shut up, he can hear you. <laughs> He's everywhere. Under his eye. <clears throat> Oops. Lost my face. Had to mark that off. So, torture only got worse from here. Rock passed the acetylene torch over Jose's back until his skin bubbled. And then passed it over Nicole's stomach the the day she gave birth for the first time. He hit Jack Case in the head with a blunt axe and broke his ribs with a wooden club. Then punched his firstborn son, Rock Jr., in the face when he refused to wrestle his brother, Francis. He beat Nicole, who was three months pregnant, causing her to miscarry. And another occasion, he shot a 303 caliber bullet through her shoulder. And he broke Giselle's ribs with his steel-toed boots. And he methodically sprained Claude's toes. So he really hates this Claude guy, it seems like, more like more than anyone else in the group. Oh. Probably had a bigger dick than him. Although... Yeah, he had a big dick. Yeah, so... 
if the shoe fits. So there's another time he used a piece of broken glass to cut open Claw's arm. And then he pulled 11 of Claw's teeth out with pliers. Which really fucks me up, because that, even in horror movies, that shit grosses me out. Yeah, I was going to say, that sounds like the worst thing. Because, yeah. first of all, there's nerves in your teeth. Yeah. And then there's big holes that get infected. I don't like that no. at all. And then he had one of his wives break Claude's legs with a sledgehammer. He squeezed Gabrielle and Giselle's nipples with vice grips until they bled. Hogtied Claude and suspended him from the ceiling for an hour. Ugh. Ordered his wives to pluck all of Claude's pubic hair off. God damn, what a claw do? I used to know a guy that did that on purpose. Pluck yeah. Yeah, he plucked his pubic hairs out. That sounds like a good way to get an ingrown hair. Sexual release? I feel like you wouldn't get a... I feel like plucking is the best way to get rid of hair. But still. No, uh, just laser all that shit off. If I had the, if I had laser money, you'd be looking at a hairless girl. <laughs> like a new... Yep. We actually are looking at a hairless girl. She is... Completely hairless from head to toe. True. She can swim super fast. Like a dolphin. It's true. And when we're at the beach, we can actually use her as a skimboard. It's yes, true. that is it's true. All of this is true. God, she's it's all completely true. <laughs> she's the fastest woman alive. Her name is Flex Lexa. She's can't the catch fastest her woman alive. <laughs> she's like the Flash, but taller. I'm like a seal. I'm and like a wet little more seal. More feminine. Oh, seals have I'm like a wet little seal. You're a newt. I'm like a newt. A giant newt. I wish I had laser money. I wish you had laser money too. Because then we could have lasers. That's what we were going for, right? We'd yeah. have lasers? No. No? Anyway, he ended up pour pouring boiling water on Claude and then made him sit down on a lit stove. Oh. And oh. then he also beat one of the horses to death with a chain and ordered Claude to burn the body. Oh. Yeah, poor Claude. More gross stuff happens. He made his followers eat poop and dead mice. Punched Solange in the neck, knocking her out. Shot a twenty-two at Claude. Fucking Claude, man, he's getting a lot of this. And all like this torture just kept continuing. He burned Gabrielle's breasts and genitals with a torch. He had. Uh, Jacques cut off half of Gabrielle's left baby finger with a pair of wire cutters. Bo broke Gabrielle's fingers with a board. Made her cut a hole in a, in a pond where there was ice. And then threw a knife at Francine and... Cut that last part out. I'll just skip all that. Something in my notes didn't make sense. And at one point, and this is one of the grosser things in here, so prepare yourselves. Gabrielle's uterus prolapsed. Oh, wait. Oh. After a hard day of working, the organ actually protruded three inches outside of her vagina. So, oh, oh, God. Rob decided to fix himself by punching her in the vagina. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh my god, how does your... I didn't even know your uterus could prolapse. Apparently it can. He took a wooden cone, put it in there, and just started punching it to try to get back in. Turns out that doesn't work. You look pretty 
upset over there, Dick Fetty. I wanted to cut this out, and you're like, no, put all the juicy details in there. I didn't say it like that. You make me sound like an animal. <laughs> this is horrible. Jesus fucking Christ. Let's just cut this oh, whole part no, out. No, what are you done? It's important, but this has been like four minutes of straight torture. torture. Yeah. Uh, this is bad stuff. <sighs> so when, And when, it is almost done, but there is a terrible part that comes next. Okay. His next treatment was to tie a piece of string around the exposed portion of the uterus and yank at it like a used Oh, tube. come on. Jesus. It was an entire year before she had an opportunity to get a partial hysterectomy. And then, Rock was on his way to Utah. And... Now, th this is... Mm, Oh, God. So, this is his first official murder. Like, him actually murdering somebody. That's actually, it's crazy that no one has died. I know. Especially <laughs> since no one's allowed to go to the fucking hospital. Yeah. And you just got this drunk guy like, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take the string. We're going to oh, tie no, it to your uterus. No. I'm going to tie it to this door. No. I'm going to count three, slam the door. You ever take a baby's tooth out? <laughs> just like that, except... We're taking the thing that makes the baby. It doesn't matter. Just one, two, three. Fun, funny coincidence. Now, <coughs> word of God, is really He's like rough the opposite to do that voice. of American Jesus. He's like Canadian Hitler. Yes. <laughs> Which is more like Canadian opposite. Stalin, but I say um, Stalin. I know more like the Canadian Mangala. Mmm. Yes. That I. Yes. Yes. I agree. Real piece of shit. Ball. 1988. <laughs> Salons are changing. <laughs> I can remember my baby's smile before it was punched up its face. <laughs> Diary of Anne Frank. Salons <laughs> had began to. Mm, Salons began to feel ill. As one would. Rock convinced her that there was something wrong with her liver and that she needed an operation. Oh my god. So one day, he got. Super, super drunk and started strangling her, asking if she knew that her breath belonged to him. Apparently, she did not, otherwise, <laughs> he would have been strangling her. Yikes. So, he decided to put on all his jewelry, which is this collection of shitty costume jewelry. It's like pretty, pretty princess. He turned to Solange and says this Rachel, are you ready? I'm going to treat you tonight. Leading them to the bakery, he cleared off a table. Solange undressed. He roughly tried to insert an enema tube into her rectum. The enema fluid... The enema... Enema? Enema fluid. Enema fluid. <laughs> it's a <candy laughs> was a mixture of molasses, oil, and water. Oh. He spent a half hour... Trying to get this done. Then you start pressing. Well, it's molasses. It's it's like the thing that they use as a reference for slow. Well, he's also crazy fucking drunk. Yeah. So Come here, I'm gonna get the bottle. And it's probably like a drunk guy trying to have sex just keeps missing the fucking hole. It's my leg. It's my it's my leg. I'm in a lot of pain. Can we not? Can I go to the hospital? Sure. Oh That's my, my other leg. Oh my I'll just God. let me go to the hospital. I'm sure. No, I'm, I'm, 
I'm the guy. I'm Moses. I'm, I'm, I'm rock and roll. I got this. I hate this. Yeah, so, well, he started punching her in the stomach. And she tried to put up her hands to fend him off. And he was just like, move them hands. And she did. And then he inserted a tube down her throat. And told everyone else to blow and suck on the tube. So, like, commercials? Yeah. Well, yeah. That's, you know, sucking and blowing. Yeah. Okay. I don't think he understands anything. Anything. So, taking a knife, Rock made a five-inch vertical incision on Solange's right side <sighs> below the ribs. Pulled out a strip of tissue about four inches long and a quarter-inch thick and tore it off, telling her, There! We're gonna be fine. Oh, my God. Pretty much... Disemboweling her. I can only assume it was part of her intestines or something. Yeah. And he had someone else sew up the wounds, and then he ordered a warm bath with her filled with cherry. Turns out this did not make her feel any better. So he ordered a cold bath for her. And she went back to bed, blood started coming out of her mouth, and then she died. What she had actually died of was acute peritonitis, which is an inflammation of peritoneum caused by digestive fluids leaking into the abdominal cavity, which is fatal. And at first, he was very distraught. He tried killing himself. He tried to have Jacques shoot him. And they tried to... This is fucking worse. And he tried to overdose on Tylenol Extra Strength Tablets. And then finally that tried to drown himself. Kill you. Yeah, but I'm sure he did it wrong. Yeah. Well, alcoholics often <laughs> fuck up their suicide attempts for Then he tried to jam himself. But well, wait, I can swim. Never mind. I'm good. <laughs> he wrote a letter to Doctor Jess Grossbeck, who did I do this operation right? Was somebody <laughs> new? He. A strange force entered my arms and tore the bindings from me. I came out of the water yelling, God doesn't want me to die! No, God wants you to fucking die, you piece of shit. Probably. So, October 16th, 1988, he traveled to Utah. There he met with Grossback. Grossback. And told him that Solange had died suddenly in the woods. Had this, like, spontaneous eruption of a blood vessel... And her esophagus, and Dr. Grossback was like, there was nothing you could have done. You did your best. That is gross. This part's a, a little funny because nobody dies here, and just imagine this drunk guy yelling this at an actual doctor, I find a little bit hilarious. So he's like, doctor, doctor, I've been having, I've been having this dream where Solange is like, in my body, she's in there, right? And she takes the shape of my spilled jizz, right? Which I, I, I like shoot it, and and I see her in it, and she's like, "My name's Solange," and I'm like, "Yeah, it is." Wait, he has a dream that he yeah. comes her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck? So the boys are weird. Rock and Grossbeck convinced themselves that Solange was the first reverse birth. Which is, sounds so like Grossbeck isn't a real doctor. <laughs> he's a real drunk. <laughs> he's a, he's a doctor of, of st- 
stupid. <laughs> yeah. Got him. Totally got him. <laughs> got him. Spiritual rebirth through the belly of a male. To the... Yeah. It, none of this makes any sense. He's insane. Yeah. They're both insane. And Rock was convinced that he was pregnant with the his diseased... Didn't. Rock was convinced that he was pregnant with his deceased wife, Solange. So he just started shooting Solange and everybody? Someone start calling him a jizz. What did they do to Solange? What did they do to Solange? That's what that movie's about? Seems like it. I really like that name, Solange. Yeah, well, my only associations are with a chick who got horribly, brutally murdered, and also another chick who did some horrible, brutal murder. Also Solange Knowles, who is an amazing artist. Yeah, but she's not the associate. Who's that? Beyonce's sister. Who's Beyonce? I know you're not going to play this game with me right now. Move forward. Moving forward. So he convinced Alex Joseph to perform a post-mortem marriage by proxy for him and Solange to make it official. He's marrying his cotton. No, he's marrying well, yes. his dead wife. <laughs> okay, okay. The one he killed. Who happens to be in his cult. Uh, right. Right. Uh-huh. So, uh, Rock returned to Ontario after a couple days, and he ordered Claude to exhume Solange's body. He had Gabrielle open Solange's body and pour vinegar into her eternal organs to keep the worms away. Which, I guess, works. Then they buried her again. Seems normal and sane. It gets saner. A few days later, he's like, Dig her back up! More vinegar! Bring her back! I need her! My name is Solange, and I'm filled with vinegar! Oh my god. That's not okay! This is so fucked up. Uh, so at this point, her body was very much decaying. Yeah, super gross. Well, vinegar's acid, so you figure it's probably liquefying all that goop in the muck. Well, he got Jacques to make a hole in Solange's skull with a hand drill. Oh, I remember this part. I read Do about you? this too. Yeah. He then masturbated into the hole, jizzing all up in a rotten brain, convinced uh, he would be able to resurrect her with this. Him and his magical Solange jizz. Yeah. Oh. I've been there. No, you haven't. <laughs> right, that's true. I've never done this. So his, his original hubby, Giselle, told the, uh, told Rock that Solange's wish was to be cremated. So he was like, yeah, that's fine. Let's, let's do that. <laughs> Throw her in the fire. Let's come right back out. That's fine. But before, he removed one of her ribs. And he kept in this little leather pouch that he carried around. Oh my god, hungry. Oh After they cremated her, pretty much everybody took some of the bones, and Rock actually collected some of the fragments, put them in a jar with olive oil to preserve them, and would regularly masturbate into the jar. Just in case. It's gonna work! <laughs> in an attempt to bring her back to life through reverse birth. So, first of all, if that worked... I'd have a bunch of ghost tissues running around my bedroom right now. <laughs> Thank God. On a side note, if when I die, when I kill myself tonight, just more ashes. No, will you carry around one of my ribs in a leather pouch? You're keeping your whole bone. Yeah. Okay. He's also gonna jizz into your skull. <laughs> that is so show. But so. But no. Romantic. But think about this. If 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 this story had been Sans, uh, 
child molestation and horrible torture and had just been about a woman and a man and the woman died and then he jizzed in her skull. That would be a funny story no. for Newsnight. It would. It would. But this man guy digs up dead him. wife to jizz in skull. Yeah, right. This would have been necrophilia. But no. Has to go and ruin it with all this other horrible hate. I mean, that's the thing. This guy is hitting like every crazy thing yeah, he can do. Dude. Well, he's a drunk. I mean, Child like, rape. It's like regular you know, rape. Well, you, torture. Yeah. Well, necrophilia. What do they say? Like the, the not yets, right? The alcoholic yeah. has. He's got what else? That's what he's got. What else's? What else you got? Tell you what, he'd be out super quick in a game of Never Have I Ever. Yeah. (laughs) But I want to say that uh, this is why you shouldn't read the Bible, because it's full of horrible, nightmarish visions for you and your your, uh, cult family. Yep. Oh my god, I don't know how much more of this I can take. Uh, You can take another half full page. We're done. (laughs) Suck it up, I'll just in your skull. I took my love and I took it down. Climbed the mountain and I turned around. So I'm gonna need you to hit her. Is this landslide? And I saw my reflection <laughs> in the snow coming in. Which is funny because I'm sure a bunch of them saw their reflection <laughs> because they were surrounded by snow covered hell. Because this is the tundra of Canada! It's a tundra. Oh, mirror in the sky. What is love? Can the child in my soul rise above? The more you sing, the longer the Through the changing ocean <laughs> tides, can I handle the seasons of my life? See, now, now with you singing this song for all the episode, every time you hear it on the radio or something, I know, you're just so going to think about ball torture uh, and stabbings. And jizzing in dead people's brains. I thought that's what it was about. So, (laughs) jokes on them. My girlfriend did it. So, Rob took another trip to Utah. This time to entrust his next baby by Francine at Joseph's care to Joseph's care, so that the CAS couldn't take it. Nice. While there, Joseph and Rob got into an argument. Pretty much about how he was treating his wives. And um, Joseph actually stood up to Rock. And this made a huge impression on Rock's wives. Someone actually stood up to this dude for yeah. the first time and didn't back down, essentially winning. Yeah. So it started to, you know, put a bad taste in people's mouth. Not the torture, just the fact that this man was no longer infallible. Yeah. Well, your, your godhead's got to be infallible, right? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so, in uh, the winter of 88-89, Jose Beltier left Rock for good. <coughs> Bless, Bless you. Jesus July 26, 1989, Rock once again got drunk, and Giselle, Claude, Francine, and Maurice all managed to sneak away into the bush to hide, hiding from drunken daddy. It'd be funny if it wasn't. So, Gabrielle didn't escape into the woods with everyone else. Long story short, he stabbed her hand into a table and then proceeded to try to cut off her arm. Was too drunk to finish. Had somebody else to do it. Uh, He got somebody else to finish hacking through the bone and then um, pretty much cauterized the wound with a hot poker. He cut off her whole arm. Yep. 
and beat her. She hid in the woods for two days, came back just like they had been. August 16th, 1989, she finally made it to the hospital and made up some story about what had happened to her arm. Got caught in the thresher. This is the point where things start to finally go right for these people. The police were finally fucking called for something real. Um, they filed a charge of aggravated assault against Rock, and the police arrived on August 19th with a warrant for his arrest, but nobody was at the compound. So, like, this is like the start of the downfall of Rock. Right. Yeah. Like a VH1 behind the scenes. Anyway, <laughs> it took them about six ever. weeks to find him. Did they just he run off into off. the woods? No, they got. It really off. doesn't. Yeah, say. it sounds like they got tipped off because he had friends in town. Yeah. yeah, he knew people. Yeah, so they eventually caught him on October sixth, nineteen eighty nine, and Giselle decided to tell everyone about Solange's death. Um, but no, to Giselle, the very day. It was the very day that he actually got caught. So he's tell she's telling people he gets caught. They're like, oh, fuck, we got this guy finally. So they got arrested. Um, everyone pled guilty. And Rock netted 12 years, later reduced to 10 because of Rock's genuine remorse and concern for the victim, which is insanity. Jackie's got five years, Chantel two years. And Nicole, 18 months. Uh, he was committed to a trial for second-degree murder, and Rock's lawyers made a deal that Rock would plead guilty to the charge if no other charges were brought up against him. On January 18th, 1993, Rock Thoreau was sentenced to life in prison. Oh, thank God. Even while in prison, though, three of his wives... Still came for conjugal visits. And here's the wonderful ending to this horrible, horrible story. Okay. February 26, 2011. He was found dead in his cell. What happened was there was a confrontation between him and his cellmate, Gerard McDonald. He stabbed Thoreau in the neck with a shiv, walked down to the guard station, gave the knife to them, and went, that piece of shit is down the range. Here's the knife. I sliced him up. And that was the end of the rock and roll Moses. I cannot believe he still got to live until 2011. Though. Well, I don't think I don't know if they have the death penalty in. Yeah, I don't think so. And once you're in jail, they try to keep you alive. They they really do try to keep. No, you alive. I I get I get that totally. I just. Shit, how old was Charlie Manson by the time he died? 89, I'm pretty sure. He was old. And super sick. Yeah. Also, people tried to get rights to his body so they could tote him around after he was dead. That's really fun. That is fun. It's one of That's my favorite story. stories. Yeah. His name Stardust or something? I can't remember, but it would be funny because he just died. Could you imagine someone laying claim to Charles Manson's body in 2017 and fucking toting it around the countryside? I'm Is that assuming. legal? No, absolutely not, but it's like what they, their plan was. I would have gone to that. Yeah, and they were trying to do it in like the 80s. 
So that ends the story of Roth the Rolt and Jesus the Ant Hill Kids. That was so much. Yeah, it's funny. Well, that's not the right word, but it made me think of the Poughkeepsie tapes. I don't, not as big of a fan of that movie as you guys were, but the whole thing with the one victim who then kills herself and whatever, and all that. Like the idea that, like, you know, the abused people are so abused. Yeah, so yeah. broken. It's that learned helplessness and all the rest. It's, I mean, I've dealt with, like, compared to this, it's nothing, but I, I have clients who have been abused for the entirety of their length of their marriage or relationship or whatever. And I, like, know what that's like on a smaller scale, and it's incredible to me, like, how reliant people are on, like, somebody where you're just, like, as an objective viewer of the situation, you're thinking, how could you possibly... But, I mean, that's unfortunately the cycle of violence, and then cult leaders just, like, take that and, you know, make it bigger. Well, I, I find it disturbing that, you know, the reason... Uh, I wanted to cover this case was because, you know, I, I do like to read a lot about cults and modern cults and older cults and doomsday cults and stuff like that. Um, most of the ones you hear about involve a lot like mass suicide, stuff like that. Um, most of the ones that you don't hear too much about are the really messed up ones, like the children of God. I'd never heard about this. I brought this up to several people over the last few weeks while we were doing research for it, and no one's ever heard I of it. I haven't heard of it. And I don't think it's a Canadian that. thing. I think it's just the fact that... It's so brutal. Yeah, and there really wasn't that many people who actually died because of the cult. Yeah. Yeah. Just like <laughs> Children of God, there wasn't that many people who died, yeah, but Children there was a God bunch of so disgusting yeah. things that happened that, yeah. you know, it should have been more publicized so people can know, like, you join one of these things, this can happen to you. Yeah. You know, if you're if you're in a cult and no one's killing themselves, you're like, oh, this is fine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's just like you know, and that's one of the other things that it's much like victim shaming in any kind of crime, where you know, as a person who's not involved in the situation, you want to say like, how dumb can you be, or like, how could you think right. that like you know, how could you accept what was happening and whatever, especially in a cult situation where it's like, how could you let that happen to your kids? And it's like these are people who come from all different walks of life who are susceptible to this kind of thing for one reason or another. And like once you're in that, it is so hard to get out of. So, yeah. um, you know, and I feel like the people that are currently in the situations, they are grappling with that shame, whether it's real or imagined. Like that's the reaction they're afraid they're going to get. And then they just feel stuck, you know, yeah. again, like increasing that learned helplessness. And then you can bet, believe that. Whoever's in charge is telling you the same thing. Like, no one's going to believe you. Like, you know, no one's going to care, blah, blah, blah. And, like, the reality is most of the time they don't. Like, if there's not bodies, nobody wants to get involved. It's difficult. And it's also, like, if you're sitting there and willingly being abused, you know, in the United States you could still, <clears throat> they could still convict somebody of assault even if the other person said this, it's okay, or I don't mind. Yeah. But it makes it a lot harder, and, like, what, what prosecutor's going to want to take that yeah. case, you know what I mean, when your victim is saying it's okay. Yeah. So breaking these things up is tough because, like, nobody's open about what's happening, and, you know, until there's a dead body, like, you know, there's not a lot you can do other than remove kids, hypothetically. But Christ, I mean, like, you know, I work in freaking Camden County all the time. Like, the amount of shit that these caseworkers see for Dyfus and all the rest, and, like, what it takes to get a child actually removed from a house in Camden County or Gloucester County or whatever, like, I mean, it would blow your mind. You just got to spend, an, you know, an afternoon sitting in that court listening to the 
30 cases in four hours yeah. that go by, it's not really that much, unfortunately. No, I know. I read a lot of case studies this semester and shit on yeah. that regard, and it's ridiculously hard. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just like, I guess it's a lot like serial killers in the sense of, statistically, it's low that you're going to wind up in a situation where you're going to have this happen to you, but it's horrifying to think that it does exist for some people out there, like whether they're the victim of the toy box killer or a member of a cult or whatever, or just in a, a physically abusive, normal, like, well, relationship, not yeah. normal, but, you know, it is very real, and it's very horrible. <sighs> people are the worst. People are the worst. But they're also great. Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like, well, I'm not going to get into it. You guys know how I feel. I am an angry optimist. I stand by that. Furries are cool. Yeah. Furries are the best, and they're the best example of We advocate furryism here at Motel Hell. Big time. We do. Yeah. Well, you don't have a fur fursona? They forgot. Fursona? Yeah. Well, I'm we were talking about fursonas uh, the other night. Yeah, but think about getting one. Look into that. I mean, a healthy outlet for sexuality is a great thing. Like, that really will brighten up your day in life. You know? I'd be a platypus. Yeah. Yeah. You would. I'm still working on what I would be. Probably an ostrich. <laughs> I think she'd be uh, a cassowary. Aren't those those like big rats? No, no. They're like ostriches, the but they're the they're the ones with the bills and the oh. or not the bills, but the uh, the humps on their head. I showed them to you. They're like the angry ostrich. I like normal ostriches. Yeah, no, you're a cassowary. I've got the legs to be an ostrich. You've got the legs to be a cassowary. Jesus. Jesus, the ossuary. Look up. No. No, ossuary is a place for birds, isn't it? Isn't that what an ossuary is? Or is it a... No, it's a bone temple. It's a temple. It's a church. Ossuary is a church. Ben, do you have a Best Buy for us this week? I do. Okay, let's hear it. Um, what am I... Uh, 2250 if you think that Alexa would be a cassowary. <laughs> 2249 if we should kill ourselves after this episode. I feel like I'm going to send a hundred more yeses to that. So, uh, my best buy of the week is a book. It's a book. Well, I mean, I did a Ben's book, best book, a video week. game, and then a comic book, so I'm going to do a book this week. <laughs> and it's going to be a movie soon, and let's hope that Spielberg doesn't fuck it up, because people are going to come oh. to his house. Oh. Ready Player One. Oh, never mind. Um, it's not, I wouldn't say it's it's a book that's hard to guess the ending, but it's very well written if you like 80s nerd culture and the idea that the future is going to be this dystopian thing where everyone tries to escape horrible life by jacking into a video game i think it's a little we're already that. there yeah, yeah you have and yeah the book was the trailer's pretty rad yeah. yeah the book was amazing um there is a part that gave me a visceral response i actually cried a little bit it was a happy part yeah <clears throat> But the characters are really nice. I hope that Spielberg doesn't fuck it up. I 100% recommend this book. It's short. It's only like 300 some odd pages. Really? Yeah, it's not very long. I have a copy if you want to borrow. It's really good. Yeah. Um, there's my ums again. It's very good. Steve was, wasn't Steve the one who read it first and said we should read it? Or was it a different book? Yeah, no, it was Steve. Yeah. Definitely give the book a read. It's a quick read. It's a page turner because you keep wanting to know what's going to happen next. And just think, if you read it before the movie comes out, then you can be one of those people who says mm -hmm. the book was better. That's true. Which is like the ultimate uh, ivory tower, yeah, high yeah. horse. 
I mean, I already have some gripes with the trailer, but it's silly things. That is Hollywoodization of, of things. Yeah. So the girl, anyways, we're not going to get into it. But it's a very good book. The characters are really well developed. All the little nerd Easter eggs hidden in it are very good. They talk about the Japanese Spider-Man Spider-Man, which is hilarious. And it's just read it. If you like nerd culture and you're a nerd, see how many things you can find hidden in this beautiful pages. If you like normal culture and you want to consider yourself a nerd, read it. It's the same thing these days. Let's be real. Your friends will think you're the coolest nerd. They won't. No one will think you're cool. No one thinks I'm cool. No one thinks anybody's cool. Sure Everybody else is a nerd. nerd. I think a lot of people are cool. Yeah, well, they're not. Okay. Just so stupid. But that's, that's Beardo Ben's Best Buy of the Week. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. That's a good recommendation. I'm going to read that, that book. That was a I'll nice way to I'll end let you borrow it. this horrible, horrible episode that I'm so glad we're done with. Yeah, I don't know what we're doing next, but it certainly can't be as terrible no, as No, we got to do a palate cleanser, because that was Weird fucking News Volume awful. 3. We can do Weird News Volume 3 if you want. I think we should all look up five porno videos. No, no. No. I could do it tonight. I know you could. You're probably gonna do it tonight. <laughs> no. No. My girlfriend's coming over later. <laughs> you a girlfriend? No. I thought you had a boyfriend. Oh. No. No. Keep them guessing. Yeah. Keep them guessing. I can't really be defined by binary gi- bi- <laughs> sexuality or binary sexuality. Right. I think I'm something more... Mm, You're fluid. You're gender fluid. Uh, No. So that's all the time we have tonight. It's been wonderful, or not really. Um, but yeah, we'll have something lighter next week. And uh, yeah, later yeah. nerds. Thanks for listening. Later nerds. Later.